This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble host and, you know, mostly peaceful while I'm at it, Tim Tapp, and I'm coming to you from historic, lovely, beautiful Roan County, Tennessee. If you're not familiar with the area, we're just a small bit away from Knoxville, if that helps you out any at all. Uh, now, Lots of stuff to get to today, so I am going to forego a lot of the usual pleasantries right off the top. Uh, I am, of course, happy to have you here listening. Thank you so very much, as always. However, lots of stuff going on that I'm going to try to get into today's program, including a couple of quick hits off the top, and then, and I actually am going to keep them quick for a change, uh, and then I'm going to try to get five major stories covered today within the two-hour time slot. And speaking of time slots, uh, for those of you that are listening on KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, want to make sure that you tune in uh, as we are changing our time on uh, that particular platform here on that uh, great radio station. So I bring a little East Tennessee flavor to Utah. 
Utah's Stock Authority. We're moving from the current morning slot to the afternoon slot. We're going to be on starting uh, from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. local time uh, out there in the great state of Utah. Uh, that's going to be right after Dave Hodges and The Common Sense Show. So for those of you that have been tuning in, still Monday through Friday there, one hour at a time, and uh, just a, a little bit more uh, power setting for the time slot is uh, the way that's playing out. So glad uh, to have you guys listening. Uh, programming director out there told me he's going to play uh, this early and then play it again in the new time slot. So for those of you that are listening to the regular time slot, you're expecting to hear the show, tune in again uh, at 1 and let them know how much you're really enjoying the show. Uh, meanwhile, let's go ahead and get at the action. And I'll try to remind you guys again a little later in the show as we go. This is indeed the first hour of a two-hour live broadcast that is taking place on February 23rd, 2023. I'm well, now I'm time traveling, 2022, and woo, before much longer, you're going to start thinking I'm uh, having Joe Biden write my speeches here. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. All right, uh, we are doing this live at this time slot, which is why some of this information uh, may be a bit dated by the time you hear it. Uh, after all, it's rebroadcast on KYAH. It's rebroadcast on a few other radio stations across the country. It's also rebroadcast on a fantastic platform known as uh, The Last Frequency, uh, which I had the honor of filling in for Dr. Wren on his show In Contact, which is normally an exclusive over there. But if you're so inclined, you can check out Tap Into The Truth, uh, the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And that has been set up as a bonus bit of content. So uh, feel free to check that out. Meanwhile, we're going to start with uh, the major story that the Russians now are claiming that the separatist regions have asked for its help in fighting Ukraine's military. That's going to be the first big story we jump right into because that is really the big story everybody's talking about. But we're going to cover a few other things. And uh, before we get too far down that little rabbit hole... There are, in fact, two quick hit stories that I wanted to just barely touch on. Uh, number one is the fact that uh, California schools now are creating what they're calling a transition closet. Uh, this, of course, is a place that allows students to swap out of clothes that the parents approve of. Uh, yeah, I mean, right now we are seeing, and I have a much bigger story that I'm going to focus on a little later. Same kind of deal. But we're seeing this effort. The leftists are no longer pretending. They are after our children. That's part of why I reshared an article I wrote a little over a month ago across social media today. The left are coming for our children. They want to sacrifice them on the altar of equity now. And uh, this is just a case where parents are the enemy. Parents are terrorists if you're showing up to try to stop them. Parents are the the issue parents approve of these clothing well obviously the kids shouldn't so they they have to change their clothing uh, so that uh, you know they can meet up with their preferred gender identities instead of those selected uh, by their parents now the post millennial reported uh, that the concept emerged from good shepherd lutheran church uh, way out there in Fayetteville, Arkansas, way to go, Arkansas, uh, to help children experiment with transgenderism without their parents' knowledge. The transition closet 
is partnering, English really is my first language, I swear, guys, partnering with Thomas Martin Edwards, a Spanish teacher at the Oakland Unified School District and founder of the Queer Teacher Fellowship, to launch this particular project. The social media account, Teacher Exposed, unearthed footage of the teacher discussing the initiative on TikTok. Uh, Man, uh, according to... The guy running it, goal of the transition closet is for our students to wear the clothes that their parents approve of, come to school, and then swap out into the clothes that fit who they truly are. <sighs> they literally have the nerve to invoke Superman. Of course, you know, they've tried to uber-woke Superman. The next Superman movie that's coming out is going to be a black Superman uh, the Superman comics are running a run now where one of Kal-El's children who has taken up the mantle of Superman is by or something along those lines. We talked about it a few months back when, when that was all the rage. Uh, so obviously now Superman is a full-blown LGBTQ uh, hero and no longer truth, justice, and the American way. So uh, you know, that's, that's, that's what we're looking at there. So this transition closet is something to keep an eye on. Obviously, we know. We know. Also, another quick hit. Just want to throw it out there because I think it's kind of funny. It may even be an indicator that the Democrats are expecting that they will not have control of the White House in the next administration. Uh, evidently, both CNN and MSNBC are feverishly uh, battling it out trying to court Miss Jen Psaki uh, for a post-White House cable news spot. This according to a uh, report that uh, is circulating out there uh, that was published on Puck.News. Uh, that, of course, happening today, Wednesday, uh, February 23rd, uh, 2022. Uh, you know, I, I'm back to my original time. Uh, so, you know, those are the two quick hits. Now, let's get to the uh, Russia deal. Now, uh, since last time we got together, last time I was behind this microphone, uh, we were talking about how uh, invasion was inevitable. I mean, it, it was a done deal. The Biden administration obviously wasn't going to do jack about it. You know, we, we've done everything from pointing out how much more dangerous the entire world got uh, after the withdrawal from Afghanistan and how ridiculous that played out and all these other little bits and pieces. But then something big happened yesterday, uh, that, of course, being that Russian President Vladimir Putin uh, just decided to summarily uh, create two new sovereign nations that, that, that Russia's going to recognize. And, of course, they're going to recognize these two new nations because, well, that's their excuse. They claim that not only are they going to recognize it, but he's got Russian parliament permission to send in troops as peacekeepers. So this is still sovereign Ukrainian territory. The invasion of Ukraine has been set up, and Vladimir is just kind of checking to see how this is going to play out. How is the West going to react to this? How powerful is the reaction going to be? What is the United States going to do? He's not afraid of the United States as long as Joe Biden's president. He wasn't afraid of the United States when Barack Obama was president. He wasn't even afraid of the United States when George W. Bush was president. We've seen 
since the last few presidents that there, in fact, was only one person installed and officially recognized as the commander-in-chief of the United States military, the chief executive, the occupier of the residency at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. There was only one that is missing from the cartels of uh, Vladimir Putin slowly, methodically rebuilding the former Soviet Union, annexing territories, taking over new territories, invading sovereign nations. Only one. It happened under Bush. It happened under Obama. Didn't happen under Trump. Hmm. Did happen now under Biden. Because it's coming. It's happening. Vladimir is now claiming that the separatist regions, their official leaders, have officially, through diplomatic correspondence, asked for help from Russia in fighting Ukraine's highly aggressive military. Another little marksmanship, political theater, gamesmanship situation. So what are we talking about? What we're talking about now is Vladimir has been setting the stage to see if this tactic will work. I mean, Biden already said the quiet part out loud a few weeks back, right, when he uh, made his comment about uh, the difference between full invasion and a, a minor incursion. I mean, clearly the Democrats believe in the concept of minor incursions. Otherwise, we would have closed down our southern border by now. We're constantly dealing with minor incursions from both drug cartels and Mexican military that are on the payrolls for the cartel. So I guess technically you could say just the cartels, but when they show up in uniform and they're using their military uh, equipment in the process of whatever criminal activity they're doing, I think it's fair to just go ahead and say the Mexican military. Does that reflect that the official government of Mexico was invading uh, the United States? Eh, I wouldn't go that far, but... I wouldn't object very strenuously against someone who did go that far. Because, you know, it's up to the military to make sure their personnel are doing their jobs and blah, 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 yakety smackety. Okay, so what that means is by the time uh, those of you that are listening uh, to the rebroadcast on radio, by the time you guys get to hear this, there's a really good chance that full-blown actual fighting on the ground, the actual invasion may already have occurred. In fact, you know, I, I just, I didn't check just a few minutes before I came on. It literally is a situation where it could happen at any moment. The Biden administration and the State Department have been saying for, what, about a week and a half now that we have strong intel that suggests the actual invasion may start within the next 48 hours. And they, of course, said that again yet today. I think the stage is set. I think the real threat here, however, is with the inconsistency of the reaction from the West to this point. They basically just already ceded all of Ukraine. Now, Putin gave this really fiery speech when he was recognizing the new uh, autonomous regions as being new and independent countries. He even went so far as to say that the entirety of Ukraine is a creation of Russia to begin with. Because the problem is Kiev, and I'm sorry, I'm going to keep saying Kiev because that's the way we pronounce it for the last three decades, and I'm not going to just change it on a whim. Just like I didn't start calling Pakistan Pakistan uh, just because Barack Obama wanted Well, that's the correct way. And no, this is the American way, which makes it correct for me. 
as an American citizen, speaking English, although sometimes just barely. So as we're looking at this situation, uh, uh, Vladimir's been very strategic, and he's got plenty of time to play the game, right? He knows politicians come and go. He knew that Donald Trump was unpredictable. He didn't know what to expect from Trump. He knew Trump was a no-nonsense, uh, shock and awe, hit it, smack people back, and then sit back and wait and see the, what happened. He also knew that he was very precise. Very, very precise. He would target people with a drone strike. I'm looking at you, Iranian general, hanging out in Iraq. Drone strike, take out just the bad guys. And strangely enough, unlike what Obama and Biden have managed to do with their drone strikes so far, didn't seem to have a lot in the way of collateral damage. Seemed to be pretty good at marking their targets and hitting the targets, and the targets actually being the bad guys that we were trying to take out. Surprising. Amazing. And yet, uh, Trump was the most dangerous president. In fact, it's real funny. I'll circle back around, but while I'm on the topic of the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, it's funny, the mental exercises that all these folks on the left have been doing to try to somehow blame Russia, Ukraine on the Trumpster. Excuse me, um, how many uh, territories, sovereign nations uh, did uh, Putin invade or even attack uh, during uh, the Trump presidency? I, I'm I'm thinking it's a, a number pretty close to nada, none, zero. Now, there was, of course, the proxy stuff that's going on. But if we counted the proxy stuff, then Russia and China are uh, doing warfare all around the world. I mean, it's just that simple. Uh, in Syria, in uh, <laughs> Israel, uh, in Iran, in Syria, and just everywhere. They're fighting. They're they're sending their targets, they're using proxies. Uh, they use Iran as a proxy, and Iran is, says, hey, that's a great idea. So they use proxies to fight their battles. Now, the whole geopolitical landscape is so out of whack right now that they're wanting to say, oh, well, you know, the reason they didn't move against Ukraine under Trump is because uh, they felt like Trump was doing enough to undermine Ukraine already. And that's funny. That's real funny because the one thing Donald Trump in, did in regards to Ukraine was tell them to stop being corrupt or he was going to stop sending aid. Asked if there was any uh, evidence laying around of the quid pro quo that had occurred uh, when Joe, lunch pill Joe, when barely there, Beijing Biden happened to be vice president of the United States, and he went in and said, well, you're going to stop investigating the company that's hired my son, Hunter, or you're not getting your money. And now that's a direct quid pro quo that he admitted to. He himself told the story multiple times. I don't have to rehash all that, right? The point of the matter is that Donald Trump commanded respect from those that needed to respect him, and he had just a little bit of fear from those who needed to fear him. We didn't always like every tact he took. I was very critical of how much credibility he gave uh, the North Korean dictator on the international stage. I mean, Kim Jong-un, he doesn't need credibility. But if you're going to actually negotiate in good faith with someone, I guess you kind of have to give a little something. 
I would have much preferred a different tack when it came to some other situations. But hey, I wasn't the commander in chief. And clearly, everything we'd been doing before wasn't working, so it was time for a new approach. So I'm not going to uh, begrudge the guy too much for trying something new that at the very least seemed to have had the effect we were looking for. Saber rattling stopped. Uh, testing of long-range missiles stopped. And uh, he seemed to genuinely like Donald Trump, which in turn makes it far less likely that a egomaniacal dictator who believes himself to be a god king uh, is going to do anything to endanger the relationship with somebody he likes. He's less likely to attack the U.S., and her interest, right? So, hey, I mean, for whatever reason you think, somehow or another, the left's got it all twisted up. They've turned themselves into pretzels, trying to use the idea. Even Stephen King threw out a tweet, and he got lambasted on Twitter for, uh, where they just, they've just got it in their head that Trump is so pro-Russian even after he gave his little interview the other day, where if you listen to the whole thing in context, it's pretty clear he's not really admiring Putin. He's really poo-pooing all over Biden, and Biden deserves plenty of poo-poo. He deserves to have enough on him that now the same folks that developed the San Francisco poop app are going to develop a new uh, Biden poop app. Uh, that's what they need to do, and it'll be a hit, uh, at least among conservatives, I assure you. Perhaps I shouldn't give that idea away. Maybe that's that was my big chance, guys. Sorry. So now it, it's official. It's a done deal. He is literally putting out the propaganda. And the left here and in other parts of the world are more than happy to help promote the propaganda. They're more than happy to help say. And we're, we're talking tough. Thank goodness Biden hit him hard with these sanctions that are useless i mean if you're going to use sanctions just go go the full nine hit them hard sanctions if you want them to be effective have to be of the shock and awe variety but what's most hilarious about the financial sanctions that were put in place that were announced in biden's little speech yesterday is that none of them actually go into none of them go into effect until march 1st Look at the calendar. Time of the live broadcast right here, February 23rd, 2022. Mentioning that because that means we have, well, what, about a week plus from today. Meaning that Russia could literally be at war in the Ukraine for better than a week before any of the financial sanctions go into play. And even then, technically, by the way this little sanctions worded, any debt that was incurred, any financial agreement that was in place before March 1st eh, is still okay to do. So exactly what is the intention here? It's more about looking tough, right? It's more about looking. And it doesn't, it's not designed, at least the first round, isn't designed to affect gas what is the primary export of the Russian government? The primary, primary item for which the Russian economy is built on? Oh, yeah, that would be its natural gas. Why does Europe, why does Europe need Russian natural gas to flow? Why was Germany 
a primary target for negotiations and the Europeans' unified sanction front against Russia because they need the cheap, dependable fuel. They need the energy. Europe, way ahead of the U.S. on this count, has gone green to a degree that is insane. They've knocked down coal-fired plants. They've taken out the use for uh, just about everything. They stopped building nuclear plants. They decommissioned their nuclear plants. Even France did. And France was energy independent, didn't need gas when they were running all the nuclear plants that they had before, despite the fact that now several international agencies now officially consider nuclear power to be a green energy, which it always was, technically. Now you've got that going on. And guess what, boys and girls? Now we see them desperate for energy. And you know what could have helped? Uh, what could have helped all of Western Europe and the United States uh, to avoid this major uptick in fuel prices and energy costs that we're going to be seeing over the next few weeks? What would have allowed us to actually do full sanctions that would have actually been felt by the oligarchs, by Vladimir himself, by the Russian government that's making this aggressive move. I don't, let's let's say that I don't know that a previous president of the United States had managed to bring the United States to full energy independence by using our own natural resources, including uh, clean coal technologies. Uh, granted, still, coal's only going to get so clean, I get you, but there's still a difference between old-school coal consumption and the current level of technology. It's a lot cleaner. I still don't know that I would call it clean, but that's what they call clean coal, so fair enough. Use it, utilizing coal, utilizing natural gas, and utilizing Oil that's available, uh, particularly in federal government. They really shouldn't be owned, but I guess technically they are. I would like to use the word controlled lands. Uh, if we just if we just became completely energy independent, and actually possibly became a net energy exporter. And let's say that we had been in a position where it wouldn't have been that hard to elevate our production of energy and then help our European allies to better withstand what the economic impact is going to be of having to deal with Russia, who's already said, well, we're pumping up your fuel cost regardless. It should all be fixed in the snap of a finger because all it took was the flick of a pen to ruin it. We were energy independent pre-Joe Biden. We became energy dependent once again on the first freaking day of Joe Biden. One of the first executive orders that he signed ended that. Almost 70% of the inflation we're facing now is a result of that moment in time. 
I mean, everything else is gravy. Yeah, it's been ridiculous, all the spending, blah, blah, blah. There's literally a million things, including supply chain issues, uh, work shortages, uh, a lack of people actually going to work. All these things have made it worse. The COVID uh, mandates for masking and lockdowns and uh, getting the jab, all this has exacerbated that as well. But our current inflationary issues began with the loss of energy independence and then thrown on top of that the inflationary spending where the government just decided to send people free money. Those two things put us on that negative block right out the gate. Right out the gate. Joe Biden was determined, destined to establish what should have been a slam dunk, easy recovery because it was an artificial shutdown. And he turned it into uh, an excuse to continue the pain. And Americans are going to struggle. Americans are going to suffer. And so are other people around the world. Because here's Vladimir's thinking at this point. He's very strategic, remember. His thinking at this point is, I can withstand these ridiculously pitiful sanctions that you're putting on us. It's not going to bother me at all. I'm not even going to feel this. There's not even that very many Russians that are going to feel any type of pain from these sanctions that you're putting forward. But the Europeans are going to start feeling the pain of exuberantly high energy prices. It's going to affect American citizens too. Not as much as the Europeans. But the Western Europeans, particularly Germany, how long do you think they're going to stand up? How long do you think they're going to say, yeah, we're going to take that hit because it's just wrong that you're going into Ukraine? There's not enough people in Germany that gives half a rat's backside about the Ukraine to want to struggle and suffer with it for very long. And I guarantee you, they're not going to. Vladimir thinks that he can break Europe before they break. Given the nature of how these sanctions have been structured, what they're actually targeting, he's absolutely 100% right. He's going to be able to outlast Europeans, uh, uh, the Western European nations, easily. He might even be able to break the Americans. Because Joe Biden is not going to make any policy changes here that actually will help alleviate it. His idea, his big plan is, well, we're talking to Saudi Arabia, and we might release a little more of the Federal Reserve. Instead of just flipping a freaking switch, undo... What he undid on day one and immediately get us back to energy independence, we would be independent again within a month. We wouldn't have to feel anything from this incursion. And then if you don't want to be involved, you don't want any part of it, fair enough. I don't care. I personally would like to see something done that actually means something, not because I'm a big uh, ooh, uh, fan of Ukraine and think that we have a, an obligation to Ukraine. Uh, but it is because I do not want to see Vladimir Putin successful at rebuilding the Soviet Union. And right now, there's if this plays out the way the current tract is going, there's not going to be very many things that's going to stop that from happening. That is literally the tract we're on right now, and it's just been accelerated. Thank you, Joe Biden. Let's go, Brandon. All right, I'm just a smidge past the uh, the midway point of the first hour, so let's go ahead and take that little bit of a break, and uh, we'll continue the show right after that. Uh, don't go anywhere.
You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Regime leader Joe Biden has warned Americans that a Russian invasion of Ukraine over there will affect Americans here. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page, Ron the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Regime leader Biden went on to say in a recent speech, quote, I will not pretend this will not be painless. He may not be aware, but since the day Biden's regime was installed, it has been anything but painless. Up to now, he alone is responsible for any energy supply shortcomings and high prices we, the people here, are having to put up with. Because he, Biden, shut down our Keystone Pipeline and gave approval for Russia to connect an energy pipeline to Germany, while also forbidding drilling for oil on federal lands and shutting down licensing for oil drilling in the Gulf of Mexico. By the way, I'm still wondering why the federal government owns up to 70% of the landmass in some states like Utah and turned over our national parks and some cities like New York City to the United Nations. Mm. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this, as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. Hello, this is Dan Perkins for your Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. What veterans who are homeless or at risk of homelessness should do for help? Veterans who are homeless or at imminent risk of homelessness are strongly encouraged to contact the National Call-In Center for Homeless Veterans at 877-4-AID-VET. That's 877-424-3838 for assistance. If a veteran does not have access to a phone or the Internet, only then are they to visit the closest VA medical center without calling in advance. All veterans should contact their VA medical center before visiting for any reason. These steps are necessary to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So here's your veteran's tip of the day. Contact the VA at 877-424-3838 for more information. The VA wants to help. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day.
right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. We've got a little Let's Go Brandon action still going on in the background. Uh, you know, I never get tired of hearing that. Uh, let's Go Brandon. Okay, so while there's still a lot of other things to say about uh, everything that's going on with uh, Russia, Ukraine, and the non-response that we're getting... I think you're probably going to get your fill of discussion about that just about everywhere else. Now, if you want some more in-depth conversation about it, you want more of my analysis uh, for whatever it's worth, uh, and then, first of all, I would welcome the fact that you want to hear that. And you guys can reach out to me uh, through social media. Uh, still doing the Facebook thing. Still got something over on Twitter. Uh, but also up on Gab, uh, up on uh, Spreely, uh, over on MeWe, uh, on Parler. Uh, definitely doing getter now. Uh, and you can find me on LinkedIn too. I mean, just uh, lots and lots of social media platforms. I'm there usually either just promoting something I've written or promoting the show, uh, not spending uh, very much time there engaging. And, and I've got to get past that. I really do. Uh, so, uh, if you're listening and you want to, uh, to have a preferential uh, platform for me to start engaging with folks a little more directly, uh, go to your preferred uh, social media platform and uh, follow me uh, and then message me and say, hey, uh, would love for you to start engaging here. And we'll set up a time where I'll block out like an hour plus and we'll just start kind of going back and forth and doing something. Uh, I'll be more than happy to do that. Meanwhile, I do want to remind everybody that's listening in KYAH 540 AM Utah's Talk Authority. And thank you so much for uh, joining me as I bring a little East Tennessee flavor to Utah's Talk Authority. We are undergoing a time uh, change there. So you guys just kind of shift over and uh, prepare to start hearing the show starting at 1 p.m. locally. Uh, that, of course, out in Utah. Love the Utah audience, by the way. You guys are some of the best listeners, period. I do want to remind everybody also we'll be making some announcements very soon about uh, a book giveaway this upcoming. Uh, that, of course, is for the brand new book from A.J. Rice, The Woking Dead. Uh, going to include uh, in today's show description a link to the uh, pre-order page at Amazon. I would love for you guys to go check it out, see uh, see if it's something you might be interested in. And you know what? Even better yet, if you decide you just don't want to take the chance that you might not be one of the lucky winners, go ahead and pre-order a copy now. Trust me, the more pre-orders books like these get, the more of a message you're sending to the political left, to the lame mainstream legacy media, and even to Amazon itself. And sometimes I think somebody needs to remind Jeff Bezos exactly how it is he became so rich. It was from removing friction, not from being a political activist. So, uh, you know, if you really want to be a multi-billionaire, it's good to serve uh, all people. It really is a great idea. So uh, uh, be sure to check that if you're seeing the show description, uh, wherever you're listening to podcasts, uh, just kind of copy uh, and then paste the full link into your web browser. Uh, go visit Amazon, check out the pre-order page. And like I said, at the very least, go ahead and check it out. See if you want to be one of those folks that uh, will be a lucky winner. going to be giving away a total of 20 copies 
of the new A.J. Uh, Rice book. And uh, in the process of doing that, we're going to try and divvy them up some so that there's going to be so many available to KYAH listeners, uh, some uh, directly for the last frequency listeners. are going to divide them up and try to make sure that some of the bigger, uh, more active uh, podcast platforms where I have the most listeners, that uh, folks from those areas also get uh, get a copy. So want to definitely make sure that everybody has a fair chance. So we'll be doing the giveaway in July. That's when the book officially drops. Uh, but if you want to go ahead and pre-order uh, a copy, go ahead. And if you end up being one of the lucky winners, then, hey, even better, you got two copies, meaning that now you got a copy you can give as a gift, either to somebody that you really think will appreciate this fantastic, phenomenal book, or uh, you can give it to somebody that will really aggravate. Either way, uh, it's fun for you, and, uh, you know, I, that's really about all I can say. Now, with prices continuing to go up and the fact that we will be looking at food shortages in uh, the uh, upcoming summer, I mean, there's no way about it. If you're looking realistically at what's going on in our economy between supply chain issues and the <clears throat> great resignation still going on, uh, food is going to be an issue. Now would be as good a time as any to make sure that you have a backup supply. So I'm going to point you in the direction of the company that has been helping you be self-sufficient and self-reliant for longer than anybody else, and that's My Patriot Supply. Again, you're going to find a link in the show description. It's a little different than the usual, MyPatriotSupply.com, which, of course, you can do. You can go there, and I would much rather you go ahead and do what you need to do to make sure that you and your family have the food you're going to need. But I would ask as a small favor as a listener of this show to, again, like with the book, copy and paste uh, the uh, copy the full link that you'll see in the show description and paste that in your web browser. That way they're going to know that I sent you. And make sure it's the full link as it appears in the show description. On some of the platforms, like over at Spreaker, for example, Part of the link is live, so you can click on it, and it will take you to the right place. But because the whole link isn't active for some strange reason, they will not know it's me that sent you. So that's not going to do any good for me. Now, you'll still be okay, and if that's what you want to do, uh, please. But if you're trying to help me out, yeah, you're going to have to do the whole thing. And I would appreciate it. Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying the show enough that you want to help support it and help make sure that uh, we all can kind of continue on together as Brandon continues to do all the damage he can, not just to this country, but liberty around the world, as we continue to see happening in Canada, for example. Hmm. Anyway, so uh, copy-paste the full link. Go visit. Uh, and even if you don't make a purchase right away, uh, continue to use that particular link so that they'll still know it's me that sent you, continues to generate traffic, continues to be a good deal, uh, a win, win, win when you decide to make a purchase there. Uh, My Patriot Supply loves to make sure that you guys are self-reliant. And the only way to truly enjoy all the blessings of true liberty is to be self-reliant. Okay, um, with all the talk about Russia and then some of the talk about Canada, it's real easy to forget that there is other news going on. So before this first hour comes to an end, there is another story that I think a lot of media outlets are going to try to kind of sweep under the rug. So let's spend a little time talking about it right now. Uh, that, of course, is uh, 
Well, it's a story about our favorite mayor, well, former mayor from South Bend, Indiana. Of course, I'm talking about Pete Buttigieg. Uh, while he served as mayor of South Bend, you know, back between 2012 and 2020, uh, prior to being selected as Joe Biden's Secretary of Transportation, well, Pete Buttigieg's top political donors, they seem to have something in common besides being his top political donors. And that is, they had an unusually large amount of success in getting city contracts. In fact, many of them received millions of dollars in city contracts. In fact, beyond that, many of them actually received larger value-wise contracts than what their contributions were to help Pete Buttigieg become and stay mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Now, uh, quoting here from the DailyMail.com, Buttigieg's political action committees took money from 23 companies who then got jobs from South Bend's Board of Public Works, on which he was seated. Documents obtained by DailyMail.com reveal... Uh, so, on two occasions, the former presidential candidate received donations the same day the companies were awarded contracts. Hmm. Just, just, just take a moment to ponder that. On the same day, like, we're ready to give you this contract. Um, as soon as I see this contribution has uh, showed up. About like doing business via PayPal, right? Uh, I've sent a payment request. You want what I've got? I'll send it as soon as I see you've sent the payment. <sighs> Two occasions on the same day. Okay, so now the funds contributed by the aforementioned companies, their executives and spouses, amounted to a whopping $253,750 to Buttigieg's campaigns. Those donors allegedly, or we're being very journalistic now, allegedly received a total of at least $33,310,426 in city contracts between 2011 and 2019. Taxpayers Protection Alliance President David Williams made the following comment once this became public. <clears throat> Quoting now, The pattern of contracts and donations appear to be a huge conflict of interest. This really doesn't bode well for the Secretary of Transportation when he has access to almost $1.2 trillion in infrastructure money. This is alarming and very concerning, which I would think is the same thing, but obviously he was trying to make a point. Back to the quote. <laughs> because this is the swamp personified. You don't have to be a Rhodes Scholar to look at this and think that something's wrong here. Was there a quid pro quo? Was there some sort of backroom deal for these projects? Taxpayers deserve answers. Yeah. You're right. Taxpayers do deserve answers. But when it comes to it, taxpayers have been lax in demanding those answers. Whether you're talking about just simply the taxpayers of South Bend, Indiana, or if you're talking about 
the taxpayers of the United States as a whole. We've been allowing our money to go to places that we shouldn't ought to let money go. We've been allowing the federal government to spend our money, ours, not theirs, despite what they think. And I know, I know there's a lot of leftists out there that honestly believe that it's all their money and we should just sit down, shut up, and be happy they let us keep any of it. That is the mindset, no matter how much they try to tell us differently. But at the end of the day, that is our money. Those of us who actually do pay taxes, those of us who actually do not get back every penny that's sent. You know, there is that qualifier. If you get back every penny that you sent in or was withheld, or you get back, dare I say it, more than what was withheld, then technically you're not actually a taxpayer. But I will give you taxpayer status at one penny that they hang on to. Now, obviously, I know the system doesn't work that way, but you deserve it at that point. And then you have a right to complain about how they're spending this money. Fact of the matter is, if they've got enough money that they can give away more than somebody has put in, if these earned income credits can be uh, financed, then clearly they're not efficient enough. They're taking too much in taxes. They should never be able to afford to give an earned income credit. And I'm good all day long with every reasonable and legitimate uh, tax break that they want to give. If somebody is at an income level that is below freaking 65000 a year, because in some parts of the country, that's not enough to pay for your apartment. Other parts of the country, that's enough to live okay, but you're still not uh, uh, being able to set back and let your money work for you unless you save enough that you eventually turn that into something and go into business for yourself. Which, actually, some parts of the country, if you're making that much a year, you can get there. But I'm okay with you giving every possible deduction that allows those people to pay zero tax. Because at the end of the day, taxation is still theft. As a patriotic citizen, I've been browbeat into them trying to make me believe that it's patriotic to pay your taxes. And that's funny because when it comes to them paying their taxes, it's patriotic to only pay as much taxes as you absolutely have to. It's actually an exercise in patriotism to find as many ways to get out of paying taxes as possible. And you know what? I actually do see a certain level of patriotism in that action. Because by not giving them a bunch of extra money to play with, it does force them to try to be a little more efficient with those taxpayer dollars. Or at least it used to. These days, they just ignore that and keep running up the national debt instead. But wow, we could take care of that with a quick amendment. But back to this story before I go too far down that primrose path, because that is a topic that I can certainly get carried away with. When the Daily Mail communicated with the city of South Bend, they were told that Buttigieg, quote, was not involved in the awarding of engineering and construction contracts and that the contracts were awarded through a professional procurement process that is public and transparent. Wink, wink. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They didn't actually do the wink. <laughs> uh, public and transparent and handed, quote, to the lowest responsive, responsible bidder per straight law. Uh, translation, uh, the lowest bidder didn't always win, which actually is a good thing because 
And lots of times, if you just give a project, especially a project where people's safety is involved, you just hand that off to the lowest bidder. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people's lives in danger. You do want a certain standard to be established. So I'm actually okay with the lowest bidder not always being uh, the people that wins a contract, especially an engineering contract, depending on what's going on. But, but I will once again use that great phrasing that once upon a time in this country that even the appearance of impropriety was enough to end a political career. Once upon a time in this country, and I know it feels like a fairy tale now, but it really wasn't that long ago. It, had, it took place within my lifetime. I remember people who had done nothing wrong, but because an accusation was made and the truth looked bad enough that there was a lingering question, that they would step away on their own rather than allow damage to be done to those who were trying to do the people's business. As few of them as there actually were. I remember that. And this certainly seems as though the appearance of impropriety is rather large. As gentleman said earlier in the piece, it doesn't take a particularly bright person. It doesn't take a Rhodes Scholar. It doesn't take a rocket scientist, a.k.a. engineer, to figure out that this, at the very least, smells fishy. Anyway, the Daily Mail cited several examples of donors to Buttigieg's political campaign and subsequent interactions between Buttigieg's and the companies connected to the donors. Buttigieg's 2011 mayoral campaign received $1,500 from a co-owner of Indiana infrastructure firm American Structure Point. Representatives from the company met with Buttigieg in the autumn of 2012. Two months later, Two months later, Buttigieg revealed former American Structure Point executive Eric uh, Horvath. I, I, if I'm butchering your last name, Eric, I apologize. Announced that Eric would be director of the South Bend Department of Public Works. Hmm, how convenient. Quoting here, as part of his role, Eric also became executive director of the Board of Public Works. The city committee that grants public money for large construction jobs. The following year, American Structure Point was awarded a contract for the South Bend Smart Streets project, which had a total budget of $25 million. Uh, between January 2014 and March 2019, senior executive vice president at the company, Greg Hinke, donated $31,850 to Mayor Pete's campaigns. Meanwhile, American Structure Point reportedly reaped over $790,000 in city contracts from the Board of Public Works. In February 2017, Henke donated $1,000 to Buttigieg's campaign uh, to become Democratic National Committee chair. One day later, American Structure Point was given $98,000. In two contracts. Now it goes on and on and on, and I'm quickly running out of time here. 
The problem is not one of these situations should have occurred without somebody raising a red flag and Buttigieg's political career should have been done. The fact that this does continue, the fact that there is more to it, the fact that I'm now going to uh, suggest you go visit the Daily Wire and check out the article by Hank Barron, that tells you that all you need to know, it, it does tell you all you need to know, too much stuff was going on. There is, at the very least, the appearance of impropriety. There is, at the very least, an obvious stench, as it is stated in this article. Now, I'm quickly running out of time in this first hour. So for a lot of you folks listening uh, on terrestrial radio, for example, KYAH, 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, um, again, I want to remind you guys, watch for the change in time for the broadcast. We're moving to 1 p.m., baby. We're moving to 1 p.m. Monday through Friday is still the same, 1 p.m. And hey, guys, everybody else that's broadcasting the show, if you guys will let me know the times, uh, because uh, once upon a time I knew the schedules for everybody that was broadcasting. Now uh, things have shifted around to the point that I don't know exactly what time the rebroadcasts are being aired. If everybody else will do the same thing, let me know when it is. I'll make sure that I put those call-outs as well so that uh, folks can be reminded. Now, if you're listening on one of those platforms already, then you already know. But uh, just remember, we are switching times in Utah. So uh, be ready. Going to be starting at 1 p.m., actually starting uh, tomorrow. Uh, but uh, going to be in the old time slot and in the new time slot uh, for at least a couple of days. Very excited. Whenever we change time slots, I'm always confident that we're going to get new listeners. And when you get new listeners, it's always a good thing. But hey, here's what I got to do right now. Uh, it, it gets broken down into one-hour segments. I do two-hour show live. So if for some reason, if you catch the first hour but miss the second hour, you can always track down the podcast. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Podchasers, uh, Podaddict, uh, just about any place that you hear podcast you can find a show uh, so look it up find your favorites and uh, let me know that you're listening if you're listening on uh, whatever podcast format wherever if you're listening from the last frequency i want you guys to reach out to me through social media or visit the website tap into the truth.com uh, that's t-a-p-p into the truth.com and uh, you can send me a message through there i'm going to start looking at, just let me know where you're listening to the show at and we'll make sure that an appropriate amount of uh, books that are part of the giveaway uh, end up going to listeners on those platforms if you guys hit a certain number. Uh, and the actual rules of the giveaway will be announcing soon. Meanwhile, uh, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. Most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Meanwhile, stay safe. Stay healthy. And be smart, even if it goes against your nature. I'm out.
I'm Ron Edwards, host of The Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Zapp, and I'm coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee. Glad to have you here. This is indeed the second hour of a two-hour live broadcast that occurred, uh, for the benefit of those of you listening on terrestrial radio, uh, occurred on... Uh, uh, February 23rd, 2022. Yes, yesterday was Tuesday, and it literally was Tuesdays. It was 2 2 2 
2022 uh, on a Tuesday. Oh, quite an occurrence. Uh, a lot of people were uh, talking about that in the uh, office at my day job. I kind of found it interesting how many people thought it was so cool to even talk about. So, yeah, I thought I'd throw it out there. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff going on. I want to remind everybody that's listening at KYAH 540 AM Utah's Talk Authority that we are moving time slots. We are changing time slots. Uh, we're staying Monday through Friday, uh, but we're moving to the power hour of 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. So uh, you guys will be listening for that. Uh, those of you that are used to tuning in uh, during drive time in the morning, uh, know that the show is not leaving the station. Uh, we're just moving a little later where more folks can listen in a more relaxed time pace rather than uh, being on the go. Um, you know, I kind of like being at drive time because that's usually a pretty good time spot for most folks. But I've been assured that this is even better. Uh, got no reason not to believe them. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, obviously, we... Uh, we want to get in the best time slot that helps the station as best. And, uh, you know, every time we move time slots, I have this thinking suspicion, uh, based on what I've seen so far, that we also get new listeners. And uh, when we do that, that's a good thing. I want to invite all those new listeners also to uh, uh, come check out the podcast. Uh, basically, it's the same show, but since it's broke down, uh, which you get to hear on Terrestrial Radio, into one-hour segments. And most weeks, although I've been having a hard time here lately getting it done, most weeks I'm doing three broadcasts a week. So at two hours, that's six hours. And if you're only hearing Monday through Friday one hour, that typically means there's at least one hour of bonus content that you're not hearing. That makes it worthwhile for signing up to... Uh, to hear the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Maybe you listen uh, over at Spotify. In fact, right now I'm highly encouraging, even if you don't typically use Spotify, you can get a free account over there. Go sign up on Spotify and go follow this show and then go follow Joe Rogan while you're at it. It's all part of sending a strong message to the folks at Spotify. Uh, they seem to have invested a great deal of money over there, but they still kind of seem a little wavery. I, I'm beginning to think now that my initial uh, concern that they had went too far and that uh, the long knives were out and that Spotify was eventually going to uh, to bend the knee. Uh, maybe they're not going to do it because they seem to have had a lot more, almost twice as much money invested in having Rogan on exclusively as we were originally led to believe. So they've got a lot riding on that. And, you know, I really still think they should have took a stronger tact, but yeah, whatever. Just continue to send them the message that they want to continue to support them. Head on over to Spotify and then go back and listen to this podcast wherever you typically like to listen. That's fine. Uh, follow, subscribe, whatever it is based on whatever platform you're on. If it lets you uh, give reviews, then please, please uh, give me the best review uh, that you can. Uh, I... Hopefully, if you're listening to the show enough to hear all this, uh, you'll be willing to do at least that much. Meanwhile, I need to go ahead and get into action because I've got three stories I want to try to get to here in this uh, second hour. And I really thought I was going to, to sneak three in in the first hour, and I didn't get there. I did end up spending... Uh, a little more time talking about the Russian setup for invasion and how pitiful and feckless the West reaction uh, has been and will continue to be. Uh, didn't really touch on how this actually bodes for China's efforts to go into Taiwan, although I think they are kind of just sitting back and watching a bit. 
But uh, if you guys want more in-depth coverage, I have a feeling you're going to get plenty and plenty of conversation about this, plenty of analysis from people that are geopolitical experts, and plenty of coverage from both the legacy medias as well as a lot of independent media sources. So if you want to hear more from me, let me know. Reach out. You can do it uh, through social media. Just about every social media platform out there you can find me on at this point. Uh, feel free to do so. And if you can't find me on your preferred, then you can probably find me on one that you can still sign up for somewhere else and uh, you know communicate with me. I would love to communicate more. As said back in the first hour, I do need to start making a little more time to have more direct interactions. Uh, that would go a long way. I uh, want to remind everybody, uh, also back in the first hour, we talked about a story that I don't think you're going to hear about anywhere else, or at least not very many places. Uh, very suspicious goings-on uh, with Pete Buttigieg back when he was mayor back when he was mayor of South Bend, Indiana, which evidently, even though he couldn't seem to keep the roads paved in South Bend, that still qualified him to be Secretary of Transportation for the whole freaking country. Hmm. Let's go, Brandon. Okay. Uh, talked about that, too. Want to make sure that you guys go back and check out the first hour if you missed it. Like I said, you can do that wherever you listen to podcasts. Just look for Tap Into The Truth. That's T-A-P-P. Into the truth dot com uh, is also where you can find the show in preferred places. Uh, we have a page dedicated to past archived broadcasts too. Typically, I have them archived on two different platforms. Uh, you can find them over at BTR, uh, short for blogtalkradio.com, and you can find them archived at Spreaker dot com. But uh, you know, the, the pretty much the entirety of the archives can be found on most of those podcast uh, formats. I mean, whatever platform you're listening to. And again, I'm really pushing the podcast stuff right now because that is my sole source of monetization for this. Uh, and I would at least like to break even with what I'm spending to do this. All right, let's, let's get to the show. I, I've already babbled for nearly 10 minutes. That's not good. All right, so I'll let you know what we talked about in the first hour, and I, these are important stories, but uh, there are some more important stuff. Uh, this one, part of the culture war, we did touch on in the quick hits one of the situations going on in California where they're creating uh, a transitioning closet. Well, the reason why, air quotes work really good on radio, why educators, educators uh, think that they know better was summed up pretty well in a brand new column that was put out in a New York magazine. Well, a New York magazine columnist put out a, a column saying that parents are, quote, household tyrants. And that the GOP is imposing conservative agenda on students. Ooh, how terrible. Okay, so here's the article, and then we'll go from there. Parents are household tyrants. And the Republican Party's push for parents' rights in education is part of its lurch towards far-right authoritarianism, according to the New York Magazine uh, on this past Wednesday. The article titled Household Tyrants was written in the magazine's Intelligentsia website by senior writer Sarah Jones. In this particular article... The author argues that Republicans are using education policy to impose a conservative agenda on children through parents. 
Jones begins by discussing the Florida legislature's passage of a bill banning discussion of sex and gender topics in elementary schools, commonly called Don't Say Gay. Now, that is a misnomer. It is crap. Basically, what this bill does, it says, at least until a child reaches puberty age or gets really close to being prepubescent when they're about to go into puberty, none of these discussions are appropriate at school. It is, it should be, and it is the role of parents to have these discussions at home with their children. It is the role of a parent to be a household tyrant, because guess what? They're the ones paying for everything, at least in the old-fashioned days. Maybe maybe a lot of grandparents are paying now. Maybe a lot of taxpayers are paying these days. Yeah, you know what I mean, though. So Florida is taking this move to try to make sure that, hey, guess what? We are not going to let you start trying to indoctrinate and confuse these children. We're going to wait till they get close to puberty, and then we're going to do the traditional sex education stuff. And, and we need to be more measured with how we have these conversations in the first place. So they're not actually even trying to say that nobody can have conversations about homosexual activity or who homosexuals are. Uh, nobody can have conversations about transgenderism or gender dysphoria. They're not doing any of that. What they're saying is nobody should be doing that until the kids get uh, you know, around 12 years old or older. I forget exactly what the specifics are in the bill. I was looking at it at several days ago. Uh, and it is, you know, basically what I think most people can agree is an age early enough that they are going to start going into puberty soon. Some of them may have started puberty early. That's one of the upsides of great nutrition. Uh, and, uh, that is something that we've had in this country for a while, although there's some serious questions about what kind of nutrition we're getting from our food these days. But uh, that's a topic for another day. Back to the article here. Uh, the bill, of course, is uh, commonly called Don't Say Gay. Uh, it's commonly uh, called that by left-wing critics. And a proposed amendment that would reportedly have required schools to inform parents within six weeks if a child disclosed their sexual orientation or gender identity. Uh, so, again, I'm not sure why a child would be doing that at, at school, but I suppose that you could see them talking to classmates, saying something, and a teacher overhearing, or perhaps even in the case of some of these activist teachers, uh, them somehow or another uh, being that advocate, like we talked about back in the first hour. So uh, one of the amendments that were proposed and, and ended up not being in the final bill would have said, okay, you got six weeks to let the parents know. This is still something parents should know. And the left is going to constantly try to tell you, oh, no, parents don't need to know. We're trying to provide a safe space for these students to express themselves away from the anger of the parents who aren't going to understand. It's not your place. That's the part they have trouble understanding right now, the part where they're going to try to convince you that I'm wrong. When you are a parent, you know that you have a responsibility to the child. 
Now, there are a lot of parents out there, sadly, because the left has gotten their way for far too long, because they've been winning the culture war, because they made too many people think that uh, they can do whatever they want to, man, as long as it feels good and it's all right. And, oh, man, now I've got this kid and I don't know what to do with it. Uh, it didn't seem right to abort it, so we got the kid, and now we just, we'll just put him over there and let him watch the TV, and we're just going to still be who we are, man. I had way too many parents like that, but if you're not one of those parents, if you're actually a parent that is trying to do the best you can for your kid, you know that you care way more about what happens to your child than just about anybody else. That's not to say that there aren't educators that care about the children, but they don't care as much as you do. Some of them might think they do. Some of them certainly aren't going to understand, especially the ones that are still young and are new educators and don't have children of their own. They don't understand this yet either. They're going to be convinced why they care way more because they care for way more kids. Yeah, that's not how that works, though. You're talking about a zero-sum game. That's not how parental love works. If you actually have a child and have a family connection and feel those strengths, there are children that you will be separated from for years and you will still have that aching desire to be part of their life. And that's part of the culture that's been built by the left, taking fathers out of houses and destroying traditional families and trying to make you believe all these terrible things. And in the meanwhile, anything that might stand up for traditional families or traditional values, they must end. The author here also took issue with Missouri Senator Josh Hawley's proposed federal parents' bill of rights and Texas Governor Greg Abbott's proposed state-level bill, which aims to make parents the primary decision makers in their children's education, which, again, they should be. Again, these teachers really don't get it. Uh, I think by now most of us have seen the little TikTok video of the one teacher going, well, what they don't know is the parents, you're not my boss, so suck it. Which is, What? The check that you go cash may say whatever county school system you work for or whatever city school system you work for or may even just say the state of wherever you're at. But that's paid for from the taxpayers. So guess what, educator? Learn some basic stuff. Go read a book. Should be good at that if you're an educator, right? Figure it out. Maybe it's time for you to go suck it. Because you do work for the parents. You work on behalf of the parents. The state curriculum may not be 100% approved by the parents. And I understand sometimes some parents, but that's when the parents get to say, yeah, I don't think I'm going to put my child in this particular school. Parents have that right. For better or for worse. And sometimes that is for worse. But guess what? As a teacher, you don't get to make that call. And you never should be able to make that call. You do not have the same vested interest, and you do not have the right to tell any parent that they don't have the right to pass down their values, their mindset, their beliefs. No matter how ridiculous it might seem to you, the old great learned one. 
quoting here from the article, parents don't lack rights in the U.S. They already enjoy the wide freedom to educate their children as they wish, including at home or in private schools. Liberals are generally satisfied with this state of affairs. Yet the right behaves as if parental rights were under sustained and serious attack, as if the parent has been dislodged from a high place. She also claimed that Republicans' position is an inconsistent one since attempts to ban gender-affirming surgery or therapeutic treatments theoretically infringe on the rights of the parents. But this hasn't dissuaded the party from its attacks on trans rights. Again, Jones, clearly uh, a lefty that's lost her damn mind, wants to attack everything traditional, wants to attack everything on the right. So, you know, go ahead. Attack, attack, attack. You're right up there. You're one of these people that probably believes the folks showing up at the school board meetings are terrorists, aren't you? Do you have kids, Miss Jones? I mean, I just, I, I can't help but wonder. I mean, Jones took issue uh, with the party's push to ban critical race theory, with the efforts to reopen schools, the efforts to unmask students. Took issue with literally everything that conservatives have been trying to do, and then the whole process continued to just say that parents are household tyrants. Are parents household tyrants? Should parents be household tyrants? I'm going to say yes. Yes, they should be. It's my way or the highway, and if you don't like it, you can get out. This will be your motivation to go be a fully functional, self-sufficient human being, young person. I was about to say young man because I imagined somebody talking to me when I was a kid. But uh, let's, let's make it more gender neutral. No, not because that's what the left would want, because sometimes young ladies need to hear it too. So young person, it's a good motivator. And it really is a good motivator. Now, that's the primary reason why when I moved out, I wanted to move out. It's like, Mom, Dad, love you, but it's time for my own house, my own rules. Sadly, I did have to come back hat in hand once and... Tried to get out of Dodge as quick as possible because it did not take long at all for me to remember why it was I wanted to leave. And again, they weren't doing anything wrong. It was just their house, their rules. And once you get to a certain point, you should want to live under your own rules. But, but you should also believe, and here's where the major disconnect between a lot of young folks now and the folks of our generation and previously uh, tends to differ, the reason you get to live by your rules is because you're living under your own roof. You're self-sufficient. You're taking care of your own business. You're working. You're earning. You're coming up with your own cash, and you're facing whatever consequences for whatever actions you take. God bless America. Can't just do that just anywhere around the world. And it really is awesome. Should be a good motivator. You don't like the rules of the house then get out there, get yourself a job, J-O-B time, baby, J-O-B. Get yourself some skills, get yourself some education, 
find yourself whatever tools you need, learn what you need to do, learn a trade, get a degree, whatever it is you need to do to pursue your happiness, follow your dreams. But also be responsible as you go, and you can set your own rules. The world will be your oyster, and you don't have to worry about the household tyrant because that tyrant will be you. And you will get to open up your home to somebody, and then you will get to set the rules. And trust me, that's what you want to do. Self-sufficiency makes me think about my Patriot Supply. Go ahead and check out the link in the show description or visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, intothetruth.com. And there you can scroll down the homepage and click on the banner for my Patriot Supply. Self-reliance. That is something we're going to need upcoming. All right, let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break just a little early, and I'm going to try to sneak these two remaining stories in. Uh, Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this very brief break, I think. Come on, man. All men and women created by the gold. You know the, you know the thing. You're a lime dog-faced pony soldier. I got hairy legs. In 1941, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, only 3.8% of babies born in the United States were born to unwed mothers. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. During my formative years growing up in Cleveland, my dad spoke of the importance of fully intact families. In fact, he believed that the United States would only be as strong as her families. I long ago came to the conclusion that Dad's belief in the importance of strong families for the stability of our republic was spot on. Today, our one-time envy of the world nation is suffering the impact of over 40% of children being born into one-parent homes where fathers are not present. If this trend is not reversed very soon, our days as a great, powerful nation will be over. The Saul Alinsky-inspired leftists, along with their foreign friends like... The Chinese are celebrating this troubling trend that could help render our beloved nation unable to sustain herself or defend herself from enemies, both foreign or domestic. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap Into the Truth. Throughout American history until recent decades, each generation passed down the importance of personal responsibility, which is one of the main components of true liberty. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Browns Coffee. Liberty is freedom with responsibility. If there are any positive observations one can 
enumerate concerning the brutal Corona coronavirus scandal that has been used by big government, big insurance, big pharma, and big hospitals like Beaumont Hospital in Royal Oak, Michigan, to try and take control of our personal health decisions, including whether we should accept being forced to take shots that allegedly do nothing to prevent the spread of a man-made Corona coronavirus, but rather spreads spike proteins that are potentially harmful to anyone who comes in close contact with those who obediently took the jab. The good news in the midst of all of this madness is that more and more Americans are taking personal responsibility for their own health and are rediscovering freedom with responsibility. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Our Constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. Just a song before I go To whom it may concern It's easy to get burned Thunderdome's simple. Get to the weapons, use them any way you can. I know you won't break the rules. There aren't any. To another edition of Thunder uh, All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back after that very brief break. Uh, that's a special little tidbit. Uh, shout out to uh, Corey. Uh, you know, you know who you are. Uh, we we were having a brief conversation today, and uh, the rules of Thunderdome came up today. So felt the need to to replay that little bit. Uh, so hope you're listening, Corey. If not. Uh, Damn it, what, what are you doing? Okay, uh, let's get back to it. Uh, beforehand, I want to remind everybody that there is a great new book coming out from A.J. Rice, uh, The Woking Dead. Uh, yeah, it's about wokeness and how it's ruining the country. Uh, the topic's something you're familiar with, but it's going to be a really good book. Uh, it drops in July, and listeners to this program will be eligible to receive a free copy of said book. I uh, want to make sure that uh, you guys are listening for the upcoming announcements about the rules for becoming eligible to be part of the Lucky Winners Club. Going to be giving away a total of 20 books, uh, and uh, we'll be shipping them out uh, throughout the United States primarily. Uh, if you are a listener from outside of the country and want a copy, uh, if you'll give an address somewhere in the United States that I can send it to and then have whoever is there uh, get it to you the rest of the way, uh, you're just as eligible. You'll just have to let me know ahead of time that, uh, you know, I just need an address in the U.S. That That's really going to be the only real limitation as far as that goes. Although I want to try and divide it up and make sure that listeners in various platforms uh, all have opportunities. And I want to make sure more than one listener at each platform does. But we'll make a final determination how that all plays. Uh, once I have fully conferred with uh, programming directors at the terrestrial stations, uh, folks that are operating the online platforms that are rebroadcasting the show, and uh, then we'll try and play out where the majority of listeners uh, what platforms that are listening to the podcast, where they're, where they're listening at. We'll, we'll try and divide all that up. And then we'll make the announcement upcoming. So there will probably be slightly different situations for folks listening at different 
places. But uh, we'll do that. Uh, so just be listening for that. The giveaway will occur uh, near the end of July. And uh, want to make sure you get a copy of it. Uh, there will be a link in today's show description. And I will eventually, I still haven't. I know I said in the last broadcast I was going to. Haven't got there yet. There will be a link up at the uh, Tap Into The Truth uh, website very soon, too. Uh, and you'll be able to visit the Amazon pre-order page. So you can check out the book, see the description, see what all's going on with it. And, hey, you may decide you don't want to risk it not being one of the lucky winners. Want to make sure that you get a copy of this book? Then, by all means, uh, don't hesitate. Go ahead and pre-order. Sends a very strong message to everybody that needs the message that, hey, here in the United States, uh, we we like liberty. We like uh, all kinds of different voices getting a chance to express their opinions, uh, but we do not like being silenced. If we if we happen to be a conservative, we don't want to be silenced. And there's a lot of folks that are actually still traditional liberals. They're not leftists. They're liberals, and they're mistakenly voting for the wrong people. They're voting for the leftists. But being a liberal... They don't want anyone silent. So if you're one of those folks, you just happen to accidentally listen to the show, or you just happen to say, what's this crazy weird guy from Tennessee talking about? Uh, <laughs> yeah, some, it's good to get outside of the echo chamber. So welcome, uh, if that describes you. And uh, you know, if you, maybe you're one of these folks. So maybe you want to send that same message. Hey, stop silencing people. The solution to bad speech is more speech, right? And the more somebody lets you know who they are, uh, the better you know how to react next time you hear them, too, including ignoring folks if need be. So there will be a link in the uh, show description. Uh, I also want to remind you, I mentioned just beforehand, uh, not often that I plug this same uh, affiliate, but I'm going to talk about uh, My Patriot Supply again. Uh, if you want to truly enjoy the blessings of liberty, uh, then you have to have... Uh, self uh, Individual liberty requires individual responsibility. And the only way to truly have individual responsibility is to have self-sufficiency. And nobody's been helping you be self-sufficient longer than My Patriot Supply. Uh, now, you can take the shortcut and just go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Yeah, you can do that, but that's not going to help me out any. So if you want to help support the show, what I'm going to ask you to do is to go to the show description, uh, copy and paste the link in that show description. Uh, once, you pay, once you've copied it, then you're going to paste it in your web browser, and you're going to go to their site. And you're going to see everything they've got going on. And trust me right now, I, I think it's a pretty safe bet. I'm pretty sure you can put this in the bank, given where supply chain issues are and the continuing uh, issues with a hard uh, for employers to find employees, especially for food-related stuff, because that's where a lot of the hard work is, I think you're going to find yourself facing some very real food shortages. Hopefully, you'll be in a position where it's not going to hit you too hard, and maybe you'll be able to raise some of your own. But I'm afraid that come summertime, uh, we're going to start feeling some really serious effects of food shortages. I, I'm just, It's just a bad feeling I've got. And I would, re I would be very remiss... If I didn't tell you that that's what I kind of see coming. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I, I definitely don't want that to be the case. But what I really do want you to do is make sure that you are prepared. And uh, 
My Patriot Supply is a good way to be prepared for such food shortages. Uh, prepare for yourself, prepare for your family, uh, prepare for your friends, whatever it is you need to do. Uh, visit My Patriot Supply uh, and uh, check them out. But please use the link in the show description. Or if you're listening on terrestrial radio and you're not uh, convenient for you to do that right now, then just come visit me a little later at tapintothetruth.com. That is T-A-P-P, into the truth, all one word, dot com. All right, enough of that business. Uh, you do have to use the whole link, though. I know some of the platforms, uh, the link's going to appear to be live. If it is, it's probably not going to be the whole link. Now, if the whole link ends up being live, then okay. But make sure the whole thing lights up, and you'll be able to tell. Otherwise, uh, it'll still take you there, but it's, they're still not going to know it's me. So either do that or go visit me on Tap Into The Truth and hit a banner. That, and that's enough of that. I've, I've yammered on, and I still have two stories to go. So I'm really going to have to go quickly. Now, one of these, actually both of these I think I can cover pretty quickly. So let's go at it. Uh, if you happen to be one of the lucky people that do not watch CBS News, then you can count yourself as lucky. If you're somebody that does not... Uh, spend a whole lot of time on Twitter, then you are also lucky. Good for you. I'm going to give out, uh, going to give you gold stars all the way around. But uh, CBS News was uh, literally clobbered earlier with a lot of criticism online after the so-called news organization posted a tweet that ridiculed, uh, a lot of people ridiculed as being propaganda, uh, seemingly conflating Joe. Biden, barely there, Beijing Biden, Joseph Robinette Jr., Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., uh, his economic troubles, basically say that from the very beginning, the economic troubles are a result of repercussions from the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Yeah, quoting right here, uh, the tweet from CBS News, quoting, the U.S. economy has been hit with increased gas prices, inflation, and supply chain issues due to the Ukraine crisis. Uh, say what now? Uh, yeah, I, the economy's been hit with increased gas prices since the minute he signed the executive order that ended our energy independence. We've been hit with inflation since the minute he signed that executive order, and it's inflation that only got worse because guess what? Energy inflation affects almost every other part of the economy. If something becomes more expensive to transport, if something becomes more expensive for you to receive your parts because you need it transported to you before you can build the new thing, and then you want to ship that new thing out. If you're a manufacturer, if you're building a car, if you're a food manufacturer and you're making uh, some confectionery, well, then you need several ingredients sent to you. And then you're going to need to turn around after, uh, if you're fortunate enough to have enough employees to, to, to get your stuff done, then you're going to need to turn around and ship it to your customers. If you're literally in business at all, if you're a quick service restaurant, uh, say a quick service pizza restaurant, for example, well, then the cost of getting all your ingredients delivered to Whoever packages your ingredients went up. The cost of those packaged ingredients making it to you went up. And the cost of you paying uh, delivery costs went up. So 
one increase in the fuel rate literally hits you three different times before the consumer has to cover all those costs. Supply chain issues. I'm pretty sure the supply chain issues have been in place since before Biden took over because of the artificial shutdown of our economy. The COVID lockdowns, as I recall. So, yeah, as they try to rewrite history in real time, the memory hole, which in 1984 was actually a real thing where they would take stuff and just throw that into the memory hole. Online, they just go and edit stuff. They change stuff. Somebody who wasn't paying attention just three months ago might actually believe something like this. Well, the U.S. economy has been hit with increased gas prices, inflation, and supply chain issues due to the Ukraine crisis. Yeah, no. No wonder people criticize this as being propaganda. Quoting here, although many Americans may prefer that the U.S. stay out of the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, the brewing violence and political fallout are already hurting their wallets. Now, the piece linked to uh, uh, this tweet thread, it reads, Gasoline prices, which have hit eight-year highs, could surge even further if the hostilities escalate or if the U.S. lawmakers pass another round of sanctions. Continuing to quote here, the economic impact could also move beyond the gas pump, Wall Street analysts warn. Sanctions or export controls against Russia could make current semiconductor shortages even worse, while restrictions on wheat or metals could drive the fiercest bout of inflation in decades to climb even higher. Now, you see how they bury the part that we already have the highest inflation in decades? That we already have the worst economic situation since Jimmy Carter was in office? The very situation that Ronald Reagan walked into and was able, through conservative policies... You see, that's the leftists that are just screaming like little hellspawn demons uh, at the light and the cleansing power of hearing the word conservative policies saved America. Yeah, they were well on their way to destroying us then. Uh, but it, it's funny how they bury that part in the lead, right? It's like, oh, well, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my microphone's trying to fall down, guys. Sorry. <laughs> My platform table is uh, done wrong. I hate recording stuff and then have crazy stuff happen that I know I'm not going to bother to edit out. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, guys. Sorry. But, yeah, they, they, they bury the entire thing here. It's like, whoo, uh, we're still actually admitting that things are as bad as they've been, uh, pretty close to as bad as they've ever been. Uh, but you know what? The great thing about Joe Biden, just ask Barack Obama. He warned us before. Never underestimate Joe Biden's ability to F things up. Man, oh man, did he do exactly that. Anyway, they continued a little further. As we respond, my administration is using every tool at our disposal to protect American businesses and consumers from rising prices at the pump. This according to uh, Joe Biden. 
As I said last week, defending freedom will have cost for us as well here at home. We need to be honest about that. Yeah, you need to be honest about the fact that the only reason we are not energy independent is because you and your doof policies. You need to be honest. Barely there, Beijing Biden. You need to be honest. Operation P-Pads. Of Operation P-Pads and Knee-Pads fame. That, of course, the affectionate nickname I have for the Biden-Harris administration. I'll let you decide. I guess I kind of gave it away, didn't I? I'll let you know that Biden is the P-Pads part. Uh, leaving Harris being the knee-pads part. But but at least I'm not being so crude as to tell you why they are who they are, right? I, I mean, I get I get some points for civility there, right? And I, don't I? Do I? Nah, I don't. Nah, guess what? Don't care. <laughs> so, you need to be honest, Joe. I, I know that goes against your nature. In fact, I'm not even certain that you any longer have the capacity for even a short amount of time, to be honest. It doesn't appear so, but you need to be honest. The only reason we are paying a price, the only reason we have inflation in the country right now, the only reason you didn't bounce back like a mug, the way this economy was just churning along like an unstoppable freight train until we artificially hit the brakes. All you had to do was just open back up, and it was a done deal. You would have had the strongest recovery in history because it was an artificial shutdown. Our economy would have bounced back so strong, and it would have led the way. We would have drug other countries kicking and streaming along with us. So this whole worldwide slump that's still a result of lockdown policies around the world thanks to COVID-19 just wouldn't be such a factor. If we had opened back up like we should have and started just plodding along with the economy we had before, it would not have taken long at all for us to get back to full strength. You would have seen literally a record economic recovery. Other nations would have been lifted up. And now, no, we hate Trump too much. We can't do that. We got to do our own thing. And besides that, Biden's part of the globalist cabal. Ooh, got my tinfoil hat on now. Here, uh, let me let me do this real quick. Whenever I'm in the conspiracy corner, he's part of the globalist cabal, y'all. He's part of that group of people that believe that the only reason the world isn't fit for their consumption is because the United States of America exists as a constitutionally federated republic. It stands as a bastion of freedom and liberty. It stands as a testament to the idea that individuals have rights as individuals, that they are God-given, not granted through government, not granted through documents. God-given and that the only reason a government should exist at all is to protect those rights. The globalists can't stand that very idea. Now, they've taken that from us in a lot of ways, and they're trying to finish off the job because we do still still have enough freedom and liberty here that some people still live under the mirage that that's how we're all living in America. And that's simply not the case, sadly. But even today, in this far far advanced stage of decline and of our great civilization, it is not too late to turn back the tide and to win back the day. 
We've just got to stand together, work hard, and, and help our friends north of the border in Canada to stand up to the tyranny of Emperor Trudeau. Although I did read an article just before going on air for the first hour that supposedly now there are whispers that Trudeau's planning on uh, ending the emergency powers. I'll believe it when I see it. We'll, we'll see what happens. All right. One last story I wanted to get to before we ended things today. Rashida Tlaib is scheduled to deliver the Working Families Party response to the State of the Union. Now, something you're still – we're starting to hear a little more conversation about Joe Biden's pick to to fill the Supreme Court, his pick to be the nominee to move forward for the Supreme Court position that's opening up with Justice Breyer retiring. Starting to hear a little bit more. He's had – uh, interview with the final three folks. Well, he's going to make that official announcement as to who his pick for nominee is uh, very soon. Still before the end of the month and very soon, presumably by like next Monday. We'll see that. But we also have the State of the Union address coming up. And the only reason people seem to be talking about the State of the Union address right now, a couple of weeks ago, is because Nancy Pelosi wanted to limit the number of people that could be there. Well, that's kind of – there was some pushback, and Nancy's kind of backed off. So now the only reason they're talking about the State of the Union address is because the U.S.-led trucker freedom convoy is planning on hitting D.C. just before the State of the Union address. So fences are going up, and police presence is being beefed up, and they're scared to death, and they're getting ready to do their own uh, freaking Emergency Powers Act because they want to shut us down just like they saw Trudeau shut down the Canadians. Now, Rashida Tlaib, she's part of the Democratic Party. She caucuses with them anyway. But evidently, she's part of the Working Families Party now, too. Usually, you get a response from parties that are not the party in power. Usually, if you are setting member of that party... You're not somebody that gives that response. So I'm wondering now, does Rashida Tlaib really think that she's even a Democrat? Now, I know she's part of the group that's part of the squad. And most of the squad are all part of the Freedom Democrats organization, which is a group of uber left-wing folks that are trying to take over the Democratic Party from inside. Most Democrat office holders are left-leaning. Uh, the Freedom Democrats... The, the Justice Democrats, uh, they're uber left. I mean, they are leftists. They are full-blown socialists. So I'm not sure where she thinks she feels in now. Maybe she's honest to goodness uh, just caucusing with the Democrats, but doesn't really think she is. It, it's still an odd situation to see this. How do you, as a Democrat, offer up a response to the State of the Union address given by a Democratic president? It'll be interesting. So anyway... Uh, quoting here from Tlaib, in a statement, of course, it's an honor to deliver the Working Families Party response to President Biden's State of the Union. And I'm especially excited to elevate the voices of the working class residents in my district and across the nation. It should not be this hard to deliver on health care, climate, housing, child care, safety, voting rights, clean water, and so much more. Well, she's right about that. It shouldn't be, but 
the reason why it is hard to deliver on those things is because a lot of what you guys are trying to do, uber lefties, are not within the federal government's purview. You don't have the constitutional authority to do any of it. But hey, that pesky constitution, uh, what are you going to do with that thing other than shred it and ignore it, of course? Sure, her little statement continues. She said, Democrats are in the majority and must set a new course that moves with a sense of urgency. Our communities deserve for us to act now. Now, the Politico, they reported that Tlaib is expected to criticize moderate Democrats who have hindered Biden's social spending and climate legislation. In other words, they're going after Christian cinema. They're going after a mansion. Uh, they don't like those two guys because over in the Senate, they have held up their plans to waste taxpayer dollars, to federalize elections, to try to make sure that only uber leftist Democrats ever get elected again on the national level. They, they're not happy. They're not happy. We're not green enough. We are at the whims of Russia and Iran for fuel cost because we're no longer energy independent. And we're no longer energy independent because of these guys and Joe Biden's inability to grow a backbone and say, uh, guys, I know you're a, a loud part of the party, but you're not even really a majority of the party. So if you could uh, turn the volume down just a little bit, we're, we need to do things that are actually good for the working poor in the United States. The problem is the policies right now that are good for the working poor in the United States, that are good for the working people that are uh, lower middle class, that are good for upper middle class, that are good for all Americans, period, happen to be policies that are of a more conservative nature. And history proves this. This is not my opinion. This is not me saying, well, I just thought things were better when Ronald Reagan was president. This is me being able to point to specifics and you being able to try and say, well, no, it was only because Bill Clinton came right after it. And no, no, that's not how this works. Tlaib, of course, will praise Biden's stimulus bill and make the case that liberals have pushed aggressively for his agenda. According to a summary of her remarks that was shared exclusively with Politico, uh, and she's also she's also planning to argue that Republicans and a handful of intransigent Democrats have blocked progress on lowering the cost of housing, health care, and prescription drugs, and, and that's all bull. So she's planning on getting on TV and lying a lot. So it's going to be a lot like what we saw when uh, Stacey Abrams uh, stepped up and said, "Hey guys." I'm going to give the Democratic response to the last State of the Union address. And I'm going to make the case that not only am I still actually the the real governor of Georgia, but I should be uh, on a presidential ticket soon, despite actually not accomplishing anything. Of, but, yeah, that's that's almost a badge of honor among the Democratic political class, isn't it? I mean, I know a lot of people, rank-and-file Americans, typically vote Democrat, consider themselves to be Democrat, hardworking folks that wouldn't dare put forth some of the BS that these people tout. And I still, I, I'm trying to get explanations from these folks about the disconnect. How is there such a disconnect? At any rate, according to uh, what the politicos put out there, Tlaib is supposedly going to conclude her remarks by calling on people 
to assist in electing, electing progressives across the nation. I'm thinking to myself, good luck with that. I mean, we've seen what they've done only pushing a tiny bit of what the progressives want. And it's already nearly destroyed the country. But the problem is these people either – legitimately, half of these people are trying to destroy the country. So that's their goal. They know exactly what they're doing. And the other half are so indoctrinated and so incapable of critical thought and historical uh, reference that uh, that they don't understand that the other half are leading them astray and are trying to destroy the country. They don't see it. They fall into the uh, bleeding heart of – this is to help people. And in the places that the stuff they want have been tried, it fails miserably. Why? Because well, you got to name the specific policy. But you can't make it easier for uh, drug addicts to use drugs and expect them to get themselves clean. You can't make it easier for homeless people to just stay homeless and expect them to want to take on the responsibilities of owning a place. You can't expect people to not have to take responsibility, and then suddenly they're going to have an epiphany that uh, they should be responsible. That's not how life works, and these people are so moronic in how they address issues. She's also going to call for Biden to use his executive authority to cancel student loan debt and change the way poverty is calculated in order to expand benefits to more Americans. You know, I, I made the statement that I actually found myself for the first time and probably will be the only time agreeing with something that Ilhan Omar had to say. I have actually on a couple of occasions, there's at least two I can think of, been in agreement with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I finally found one with Ilhan Omar, and I commented, who knows, maybe maybe some point I'll find myself agreeing with Rashida Tlaib. However, doesn't seem like that's going to happen anytime soon. That's going to have to be it for now. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain. If you really to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, stay healthy if you can, stay safe if at all possible, and uh, be smart out there, guys, even if it goes against your nature. I'm out. This is Tim Tap. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, let's go.
control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Is using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223 Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family Using both hands. Mm-hmm.